Hello and welcome to Baylor Connections, a conversation series with the people shaping our future. Each week, we go in-depth with Baylor leaders, professors, and more discussing important topics in higher education, research, and student life. I'm Derek Smith, and today we are visiting with Jason Cook. Jason Cook serves as Baylor's Vice President for Marketing and Communications and Chief Marketing Officer. There are a lot of fun communications, outreaches throughout Baylor. There's a lot going on at Baylor that we're going to get to talk about over the next 20 minutes or so. So, Jason, thanks so much for your time today. I appreciate the chance to visit with you. Uh, you bet, Derek. Thanks for the opportunity. And, you know, it's kind of interesting. The spring semester is... Uh, it's just crazy, frankly. And you know, people always ask, well, what's different between fall and spring? Well, fall tends to be all about the weekends and uh, and football and things of that nature. Well, spring is everything all the time. So uh, we're really excited to get the spring semester started and uh, and look forward to the next couple of months with with our students here on campus. Well, and this week is the first week of uh, students being back on campus, and there's a lot of fun things everywhere you look, a lot, a lot of life coming back to campus as we, we dive back in. And we're still early enough in uh, the new semester, Jason, and really 2023 in general, that I feel like it doesn't feel too far afield to ask, uh, ask this. Uh, looking at last year, what were some of your favorite moments, and maybe particularly the ones that you feel like are going to have an impact on what's coming ahead, what you're excited about? Yeah, that's a, a really good question, Derek. And gosh, trying to distill uh, exactly what what to kind of think about. I, you know, a couple. You look at the physical kind of things, and uh, the, you know the progress that's being made on the the Herd Welcome Center, for example, uh, which will open up uh, at the beginning of the fall semester. You know, the the start of the uh, Foster Pavilion, and you know to think about how fast that's gone from groundbreaking to to now we're uh, building the, the girders uh, to support the roof structure and things of that nature. Uh, you look at, uh, you know, our students are now competing for national awards, you know, uh, uh, these awards that are, you know, compete with Harvard and Stanford and Michigan, you know, the great schools around the country. Uh, Baylor is right there as part of it. Uh, you know, what, what's been going on with athletics? Uh, the hiring of Brett Yormark as a new Big 12 commissioner, as that brand continues to evolve and, you know, the new, uh, the four new schools coming in and really embracing them as part of it. And then I, th I think finally, yeah, we uh, Baylor achieved R1 status, received that recognition of December of 2021. We really didn't get to celebrate it much because it was right before the Christmas holidays. But to come back this time a year ago to celebrate that with our faculty and the entire university community and then uh, really celebrate uh, R1 status throughout the entire year. Uh, I think that that's probably the, the signature event uh, or happening that I will remember for 2022. And we're seeing a lot of the fruits of that recognition in a lot of ways, some of which we'll we'll talk about here, some of which are somewhat related to it. And, you know, as we talk about recognition, Baylor's found itself on some really impressive lists in recent months. Elite Company talked about R1 being a surprise right before Christmas. We've got some nice surprises in the in the last years. You look at most trusted universities, top core curriculums, U.S. news recognition and teaching and research. So we dive into some of these individually. I, I'm curious how difficult is it for an institution to really rise on these lists? What, what does it take? What would you compare it to what it takes to rise on lists and find yourself changing the company you're seen in? Yeah, Derek, it's a really good question. And before I before I answer that directly, I, I will say that, you know, institutionally, 
uh, you know, we don't chase rankings. Uh, we really don't. I mean, we don't uh, do things here at Baylor universities just to rise up in the rankings or uh, we firmly believe that if we do the right things, uh, we remain student centered and uh, and then grow from around that core that that rise will occur naturally and people will recognize uh, the many good things that are happening here at Baylor as a, uh, a Christian research university. So I, I think that that's a good preference, just to take that off the table first. But when you look at, at changes in rankings, particularly at U.S. News, for example, and that's the one that probably most everyone's most familiar with, um, changes there uh, really occur glacially to be honest with you, um, because yes, we are investing and growing and working with students, but all the other institutions are doing the, the same types of things as well. So, so that kind of change is, is glacial, but I think what it takes is a consistent, sustained effort. And that's when you'll uh, really start um, seeing some change there. So right now where Baylor is, we're kind of in a cluster of schools and the difference is uh, you know, a five-point difference and a 10-point difference between the schools uh, are, is really razor thin, uh, what you're talking about. So we're talking like point differences as part of that. So I, I don't want people to get, you know, uh, to look at, hey, our ranking was here this year, there next year, things of that nature, and think that something's wrong per se. It's just that, uh, you know, for this specific moment in time, this is where we are. And again, that differential between the cohort of schools that we're in, um, we're very similar. And so, but we're looking for, continue to look for big ideas, do things different, focus on the things that matter. For example, like student retention, uh, student graduation rates. Uh, we think that uh, if we could really focus on that, we have a detailed strategic enrollment management plan that we're implementing now, that's gonna have a significant impact for us on, on the rankings. So, so end of the day, rankings are not everything. They're very important because we know people look at them. Change occurs glacially, but um, they often are a reflection of quality uh, at an institution like Baylor. So by by focusing on doing things, doing the things that we do well, even better on doubling down on what's important, people are starting to maybe see the company we keep in a different, uh, the company we keep is elevated. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I think it is, Derek. And, and just the the idea that Bear, uh, that Baylor has reached R1 status, all of a sudden um, we're in a different zip code, uh, for say, in terms of comparator sets uh, for institutions. Being an R1 university, you know, that causes uh, a, a different type of faculty um, to consider coming to Baylor. It also opens the door for even more incredibly talented students. Uh, to come look at Baylor. So um, so those kind of things matter um, in academia. We know they matter in sports, for sure. We like to look at rankings in sports, but, uh, but rankings matter in academia as well. And it really is important for us as we recruit talent, uh, as we compete for, uh, for research grants. And then uh, it's not bad for uh, uh, Baylor fans to have something to cheer about as well. Visiting with Jason Cook, Vice President for Marketing and Communications, and one of those recognitions came last fall from Morning Consult. Baylor was named one of the top 10 most trusted universities in the nation. Two questions for you with that. So where does that ranking come from? And then, and then to you, what does it mean to be most trusted? 
you know, I, shortly after the most trusted uh, information came out, those rankings came out, I had a dean who emailed me and said, Jason, is this is this a real ranking as part of it? Because, you know, uh, there's a lot of rankings out there that are essentially just clickbaits on, on websites and things of that nature. But the most trusted uh, is a real ranking. It was done by Morning Consult, which is a national uh, research firm that does a lot of survey and polling work on behalf of uh, uh, national news outlets, media outlets, but also for some of the biggest brands in the country, both higher ed and corporations as well. So they have a series called Most Trusted, and every month they look at a key industry area and, uh, and do a Most Trusted brand survey uh, related to that. Uh, we didn't know uh, that it was coming out. It was a complete surprise for us. Uh, Morning Consult does some research for us on a, on a, a regular basis, but we had no idea that this was coming out. And uh, it, it was surprising. It, it really was. And I, I think it really talks to um, the differentiation that Baylor has. You know, as a Christian research university with a mission that is very unique in the, in the marketplace. You know, you and I have talked about before on Baylor Connections how we like to stand out in the sea of sameness. And I think that people are really taking notice of what's happening here at Baylor University, that we are serious about our mission. Uh, we are serious about shining a light on God's kingdom and what's happening on our campus. And we're serious about um, helping the world solve some of these great challenges that we're dealing with as well. So uh, so that most trusted is real, uh, but it's also something that we're extremely proud about. I told President Livingstone, I said, we've only got a year for sure that we talk about. We're one of the most trusted universities in the country. We better talk about it all the time. So thanks for asking that question. Absolutely. Well, you know, and you look at the list that Baylor is a part of on that. Johns Hopkins, Duke, Notre Dame, Cornell, MIT, Stanford, Yale, Harvard, Princeton. That is is pretty elite company. And it's fun to see Baylor listed among those universities. You know, I, I'm curious, what's your sense of people's perceptions, whether in or out of the Baylor family? Is there a surprise? Is there a sense that Baylor's an outlier? Or what 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 do you sense from people when they see Baylor on a list like that? Yeah, you know, it's interesting that, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, when you're a little kid uh, in, in grade school, the teacher gives you a list of things and says, uh, uh, which one of these don't belong, you know, as part mm -hmm. of that. And, it, yeah, we had some people who responded that way, obviously, with the, in the world of social media that we live in. But, uh, you know, I think more than anything else, um, it caused people to stop and say and look at Baylor. What's going on at Baylor University right now? What are they doing? How are they different? What, what's the impact that they're making? Where are they going uh, from, uh, from a directional standpoint? And uh, I think that it was a great way to, um, to shine a spotlight on everything that's happening here. And you know, to be listed in the same breath as just you know, elite universities around the country, uh, particularly when you put that in the context of where we were in 2015 and 2016, you know, Derek, that was only six years ago. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at that time, we may have been one of the most distrusted universities in the country in a short time frame to flip that narrative for us to be one of the, for Baylor to be one of the uh, most trusted universities in the country is, is nothing short of miraculous and something that, that the entire Baylor family should be proud of. 
visiting with Jason Cook, Vice President for Marketing and Communications and Chief Marketing Officer today on Baylor Connections. And Jason, most trusted is uh, one exciting list Baylor's a part of. Uh, another U.S. News uh, ranking, they listed the top 25 schools for both undergraduate teaching and undergraduate research, two separate lists. And Baylor was one of only eight institutions on both, the others being Harvard, Dartmouth, Princeton, Yale, Duke, Elon, and Michigan. And President Livingstone, uh, a few episodes back, really did a great job talking about Baylor doubling down on that and how our focus on our mission uh, leads to a ranking like that. I'm curious, from your standpoint, is uh, from the marketing side of things, what are some of the opportunities and what are some of the fun ways that we try to capture and communicate really this drumbeat of acknowledgement that, that Baylor is receiving and who are some of the key audiences in that? Well, I, I think that, uh, you know, there's this mindset uh, of, of people who, who may not understand what university research is all about, but, you know, I, I've worked at a public uh, university and now at a private university and in talking to working with colleagues around the country, you know, they, uh, people tend to think that re good research and good uh, undergraduate teaching are uh, mutually exclusive. You know, that, that they don't, either you're good at one or good at the other, they don't intersect. Uh, you, you can't do both. And I, I think that um, that we are proving that, you know, that's not the case. I mean, um, Baylor is, uh, you know, our historical reputation has been on that transformational undergraduate experience and excellent teaching that happens in the in the classroom. But now we're at the point where we're growing our research enterprise to be just as good as where we are um, from a teaching perspective. So I, I think that, um it's a great proof point that you can be good at both. Not all institutions are, but I think that uh, that that's a very uh, a significant commitment that we're making that we want to be good at teaching and good at research. I think that what uh, what it's really done is if you pair it with some other research that we've done with uh, prospective students, particularly students who um, are are interested in in the medical fields, uh, interested in engineering interested in the hard sciences, they are looking for opportunities to uh, to conduct research as an undergraduate. And uh, they are wanting and looking for those experiences. That's the, what the research of our prospective students is telling us. So now we're in a situation where we can provide those opportunities to them. So we're looking at, at, at very creative ways uh, to help introduce that and uh, working with our external uh, agency partner to try to you know, create this uh, this dichotomy that exists that research is happening in the most surprising ways uh, in through the most surprising people and environments. And uh, we're looking forward to putting that campaign together and rolling it out sometime this fall. So we're trying to have a lot of fun and uh, mm -hmm. research may seem a little boring, but we're going to make it fun uh, for sure. Yeah, people can be keeping their eyes out in the in the months ahead online and in uh, magazines and different places here as oh, we visit with Jason Cook here. And so, Jason, let's shift gears a little bit and talk about the Baylor family uh, communication priorities in 2023. What are some things that you're excited about when you think about the Baylor family and engaging them specifically? Well, the Baylor family is uh, is one, you know, to let them know that that there's a lot to be proud of. And, you know, one of the challenges that uh, that we have is, uh, you know, we really are a national brand, uh, if you if you look. And, you know, obviously, Texas is home to us. 
about uh, you know half of our students uh, are coming from the state of Texas. But uh, you know, number two on that list is California. Number three on that list is Colorado. We've got huge uh, recruitment pipelines uh, for the Pacific Northwest and from Minnesota and from the Chicago area and things of that nature. So um, our alumni base continues to be spread out. So we're uh, continually looking for ways to keep them connected uh, to the institution and uh, and to let them know what's going on about uh, with Baylor. And I think that that's one of the great things about college athletics, because what it does is it uh, gives us a point, particularly when you look at football in the fall, gives us a, a, an opportunity for alumni to come back to the institution through homecoming, for example, but even football games in the fall to feel connected to the institution and also give us an opportunity to explain everything that's going on here. You know, it's quite it's quite interesting that, you know, we, we do alumni research and people tend to think of their institutions as not changing from when they walked across the stage and, and received that diploma. And when in fact, you know, institutions change very rapidly, universities change, but people tend to have that lens uh, from their university experience and that Baylor never changes from when they walked across the stage. So I think that that's one of the neat things that how can we say, this is the same Baylor that existed when uh, when you graduated. We have the same mission that we're committed to, the same values that you experienced there. However, you know we're continuing to take that mission very seriously and grow it at a national scale. So that that's one of the great things that you know that we have such a great story to tell. And how do we um, let our alumni become brand ambassadors for us? Well, another example of ways people can engage with the university uh, is the Dr. Pepper Hour Tour. And so where, where all is the Dr. Pepper Hour Tour going and what's that look like? Well, I will tell you that this is the 70th anniversary of Dr. Pepper Hour. And uh, in next week, we're going to have the Dr. Pepper Museum here on campus helping us with uh, the weekly Dr. Pepper Hour. So something we're really excited about. But this was something that we launched uh, about a year and a half ago where we actually take this beloved tradition uh, that exists at Baylor. I had no idea about Dr. Pepper Hour until I started working at Baylor in 2016 uh, in December. And uh, how do we take this really cool tradition? Like what other place will give you free ice cream every week for your entire university career? That's what we do here at Baylor. But take that uh, great tradition and, uh, and take it to high schools. Uh, and so we started around the state and uh, you know, we've been focusing on uh, Houston, Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, the major metropolitan areas. Last fall uh, or last spring, we went to um, uh, Colorado, the, the Denver area. But, uh, but this spring, we are actually going to take it really far on the road. We're going to make a stop in, uh, there in Arizona, the Phoenix area, and then go out to both Northern California and Southern California to take the Dr. Pepper Hour on the road. It's a great opportunity to go to high schools, share Dr. Pepper float uh, with prospective students, and then tell them a little bit about Baylor. So, uh, so it's, it's quite amazing to get stories of people who see the doctor, the, the bright Baylor gold uh, um, um, uh, Dr. Pepper Hour truck to uh, and trailer at a gas station or at a Bucky's or something like that, how excited people get about it. Uh, but it's really having an impact in creating new ways to tell the Baylor story. 
visiting with Jason Cook. And Jason, as we have in the final few minutes of the show, I want to finish by asking a couple questions about the Big 12. Uh, Commissioner Brett Yormark has actually talked a lot about the Big 12's brand since coming in, an area certainly right up your alley. We've got new schools in. And, you know, I'm curious as conferences become less about the region that they're in, where uh, what, what opportunities for branding are there for a conference that differentiate it beyond those regional ties? Yeah, I'm really excited about um, the work that Commissioner Warmark is already doing. And, you know, he's a brand guy uh, at the end of the day. And, uh, you know, he, he's worked at a college level, worked with NASCAR, helped create uh, the Brooklyn Nets brand in the Barclays Center in, in New York, and really creating that as the, the new home for college basketball in New York City. And, uh, you know, it, to some, some degree, we're kindred spirits. And, how do you work to stand out in that sea of sameness? And I think that what you're seeing the Big 12 doing is saying, look, we don't need to market ourselves like the SEC or like the Big 10, uh, or we don't have to be like the Pac-12 or the ACC. Let's be who we are. Let's differentiate ourselves amongst those five power five conferences. And let's be very aggressive in what we're doing, and I, I think that you see that we've uh, we've got a presence in Eastern, Central, and Mountain time zones. The commissioner has been very upfront that he would like to see us in the Western time zones. So, but right now you could go from the mountains of Utah all the way down to the beaches of Central Florida uh, in the next year, and the Big 12 is going to have a presence. And I think that what you're seeing already, it's going to be very different. It's going to be very uh, young. It's going to be very innovative. And uh, and frankly, that's what the Big 12 was since its inception. And I think that he's trying to capture a, a lot of that uh, establishment of the Big 12 in the early 1990s and reinvigorate uh, the brand with some different types of brand ex, uh, uh, ex expressions, um, bringing in this idea of culture and music and talent. Um, that's really you know, what athletics is all about these days. And so I'm excited about what he's bringing uh, to the table. He's a, he's a brilliant mind himself, but he's also brought some uh, incredible talent um, to the Irving offices. And we'll, we'll look and see what's ahead for sure. Yeah, Jason, he talked about becoming younger and hipper, and I mean this in the best of ways. He succeeded in making me, someone who was in high school in the Big 12 was formed, feeling pretty old when they started talking about some of the brands that I had to look up and then realizing, oh, kids these days love some of these brands and I'm out of the loop, but that's probably a good thing. Well, I, I will admit to you as well, I'm not familiar with some of these brands, but thank goodness we have Google to uh, to find out. And, you know, sometimes it's a, it's a sobering um, realization where you sit back and say, okay, I'm not the target audience here. This is not for me. And, uh, but it's critically important instead of trying to be, sometimes you can't be all things to all people and really have to target what you're trying to do. And it's not only about recruiting prospective student athletes to our Big 12 member institutions. It's also about um, creating uh, uh, bigger TV audiences from uh, ages 18 to 34. That's a demographic that the TV networks are incredibly interested in. And if we could grow that demo in terms of who's watching Big 12 uh, football, Big 12 basketball, that's only going to help the conference out in the long term. Is, is there a sense that we're not just competing against 
the SEC game on another network or the Big Ten game on another channel. But I don't know, is it almost all the entertainment options that are out there for for young people that we're elbowing in on in some ways? It is. And, and if you look at uh, you're competing with with social media and brands and activities and, and things of that nature. And if you just look at how our students today um, watch or experience sports, I mean, it really is um, through the lens of, of, of the phone. And so, for example, you know, my son, youngest son is a sophomore here at Baylor. He is a huge basketball fan. But to get him to sit down in front of a television and watch a two-hour basketball game, that that is foreign to him. It's not that it doesn't make him not a good fan or anything. It's just he experiences sports in a different manner. And if you ask students or young people why they go to games, it's not necessarily because they love basketball or they love football. It's really also about the social experience around that. So sports are are. It's important about the competition, but it's also that they create gathering places. They create social opportunities um, for people to come together. Yeah, we talked about earlier in the in connections about what it does for alumni, you know, coming back to campus. Our students are experiencing that as well. We just have to think a little bit differently in how um, how people are consuming media much more different than you and I do. Well, we're going to look forward to seeing that play out in the weeks and months ahead as the Big 12 brand continues to grow and expand. And Jason, I know we're running out of time here, so I want to ask you as we we wind down, kind of bringing it back to the opposite end of the beginning of the show. We're looking ahead to 2023 here, early January or mid-January now, but uh, a, lot of, a lot of the year still to come. What are some things that you're most excited to see going forward, things that people can anticipate? Well, to bring it back to those tangible things that are happening uh, here on our campus. Uh, September 8th is going to be the grand opening um, for the Herd Welcome Center. Uh, we're really excited about uh, you know this transformational facility that's sitting at the corner of University Parks and I-35 and that gathering point for prospective students and alumni and even our current students. Uh, gosh, that's going to be uh, really exciting um, for us. I'm also excited about the, some of the work that that's been doing in response to the Commission on Historic Campus Representations work that started uh, back in 2020. Uh, this spring, uh, early April, um, uh, we're going to look at installing the statues of of Reverend Gilbert and Miss Barbara Walker, the two first. Black graduates of Baylor University. Uh, we'll install uh, statues with them outside of Tidwell Bible Building. We've uh, commissioned a, a really a world-renowned artist, Ben Victor, who has a lot of work in Statutory Hall at the U.S. Capitol to really memorialize and celebrate the significant impact that these two wonderful individuals had on our campus. So those are probably the two things that are really sticking out to me in terms of uh, excitement for the next year. Well, we'll look forward to seeing those and have to talk to you again in the months ahead as some of these things uh, come together. We get to see them on campus and other campus voices as well who have a great opportunity to speak into it. Well, Jason, thanks so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thanks, Gary. Have a good afternoon. Always good to talk with you. Jason Cook, Vice President for Marketing and Communications and Chief Marketing Officer, our guest today on Baylor Connections. I'm Derek Smith. Remind you can hear this and other programs online, baylor.edu slash connections. You can subscribe to the program on iTunes. Thanks for joining us here on Baylor Connections.